I have a lot of amazing friendships and women in my life and circles that I have either created or are a part of that I get a lot out of in the sense of like therapy. But sometimes I find it hard to take that role, the hat off of that role of leader. Like, you know, I might be in a friend group where I feel very safe, but sometimes it's almost like I can't be too vulnerable because of how people will perceive me. Our guest today, Chantel, is an integral part of the Mother Tree Collective, a supportive community and resource center for expectant mothers and new parents here in Kelowna, BC. She's also an energy worker who offers intuitive one-on-one sessions to help her clients release energetic blockages by reconnecting the physical body with spiritual essence. As her friend, I can say she's a real trailblazer. She's unafraid to sit with discomfort and even less afraid to talk about uncomfortable things. She's a natural born leader, drawing people in and making them feel safe and supported. You can always count on her to say it like it is, to dig beneath the surface, and to think outside the box. But sometimes the burden of leadership is heavy, and Chantelle is finding herself somewhere she's never been before. As she'll tell you during the episode, she's looking for a mentor, someone she can learn from, someone she doesn't have to serve. But her search for a mentor seems to be the catalyst for a new and unexpected level of awareness. Hey, it's Ron Thiessen. Welcome to another episode of the Human Being Project by the Change Evolutionist, where my daughter Janelle and I explore the difference between being and doing. In a world of constant distractions, sky-high expectations, and the relentless pursuit of more, we examine what would happen if we made space for more being and less doing. Chantal, welcome to the podcast, and I'm going to let you go ahead and tell us what you'd like to discuss today. Thanks for having me. I see myself as a bit of a leader in my circles. Actually, I really love listening to podcasts. And through listening to a podcast, I just recognized a little bit of a void in my life around um, a mentor or mentorship. And so I know that you're also uh, a leader and a mentor. And I just wondered... um, you know, Ron, do you have someone like a go-to, like a mentor? I think for me, like I have a lot of amazing friendships and women in my life and circles that I have either created or are a part of that I get a lot out of in the sense of like therapy that is therapeutic. But Sometimes I find it hard to take that role, the hat off of that role of leader. Like, you know, I might be in a friend group where I feel very safe, but sometimes it's almost like I can't be too vulnerable because of how people will perceive me. Um, And so I just, I think I often um, relied on my dad to bounce 
stuff off and I could really trust him to be honest with me. And so he passed in 2018. And so um, I kind of have two, I've been oscillating, like I've been reflecting, like, you know, I mentioned this, I thought of this question maybe a week ago. So I've been kind of ruminating on it and where I, where it stands with me. And, you know, there's two um, messages that have kind of anchored me. And I don't know if you're familiar with Dr. Zach Bush. Um, no. He's an American. He's a doctor, but he has done a lot of work with people in their end of life. And he works a lot okay. with um, the terrain theory of disease. And anyways, he's just really wonderful to listen to. He's very balanced in his masculine, feminine energy. And he said something once. He said, there's a lot of elderly people, but not a lot of elders. And so I was like, yeah, I really feel that. I feel that in our society. And I feel like I would like to see myself as I'm entering this next stage of life, like the 50s, where I've done my mark and now I just want to be in this place of mentorship. And so then it's like, do I seek out someone? Do I pay someone for this? Do I, you know, I don't have any grandparents. And so as I've been thinking about this, I've been thinking, well, would this be like someone like my dad, a masculine figure? Because I do find that I've noticed that I'm, I too tend to gravitate to um, men like, you know, Eckhart Tolle teachings and Michael Singer and a lot of masculine teachings. And maybe that's where this whole, um, you know, I'm not religious. And so maybe people that have this um, connection to God feel that, right? And maybe that's where the paternal masculine um, um, connection is leads me to, especially since losing my dad, but then I oscillate to um, another quote from Neil Donald Walsh that was, you have everything within yourself, everything you need within yourself. And so then I go into, oh, okay, maybe I just, you know, maybe it's a part of like me when I'm in nature and I feel connected to the planet and to source, God, whatever word you want to use. And then is that what I'm looking for? mentorship wise right so anyways those are just where my brain has gone in the last week thinking about this okay. and then the last piece of it has been maybe this where do i fit into all this right like so if i see myself as someone who would like to be an elder you know not an elderly but an elder who mentors like i do work with moms quite a bit breastfeeding moms that's work that I'm very passionate about. And I see myself as a mentor to that group. Um, right. And so why can't I gravitate to my mom as a mentor? But it's different. Like my mom is very old space, you know, very gentle, unconditional love. So that's like a maternal mentorship. Um, mm. So yeah, I don't know mm. if you can make sense of my rambling. <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Right for now. Sure. 
So I'd just love to hear your thoughts and maybe share, like if you, if you would be willing to share um, your journey with an elder or mentorship and does it have to be someone older? Could it be, you know, someone younger? Like, you know, it, it doesn't have to be so defined, I think. Mm-hmm. So maybe I should just lay a couple of uh, groundwork things that I'm sure you've heard of before and and you probably know these things. But as you grow as a person, you want to make sure that you're surrounding yourself with people who who excel at things that you want to excel at. Uh, you, you, You need to bring those kind of people into your life. And the more that you grow in leadership and the more responsibility you have in leadership, I think it's been my experience with with uh, people that I've talked to that are in positions of leadership, and it's certainly been my experience in my life, that the, the more that you grow in leadership, the more that you find you're going to draw things from different people at different times. So having like a mentor is not, uh, some people do, uh, but I think it's it's a rare thing that you have just one mentor and this is the person that I follow and whatever they say that I should do, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, there are so many facets of leadership and, and like you were just pointing out, so where you have a passion, a passion about, uh, breastfeeding moms and your mom has this openness and this gentleness in terms of, you can look at her as an elder, so to speak, and say that there are things there that I want to model, but she doesn't have the passion for the things where I'm uh, feeling like I'm mentoring in. She doesn't have that passion. And so obviously I can't ask her to mentor me in in that area. But you could ask someone who has a similar passion to you, not necessarily about breastfeeding moms, but somebody who has a a, a real passion to do some sort of thing in community, because breastfeeding moms is a community. Is there somebody in your life that is really passionate about doing something else in community. You know, I'm passionate about teaching older people how they can live productive lives at the end of their lives or or whatever. You can learn a lot of things from a person like that. For me in my life, I definitely had some key mentors at the at the beginning when I was younger in my 20s, my 30s, uh and I was pretty focused on a couple of them uh and you know, asked them a lot of advice and and learned a lot from them. Uh, but I was pretty rapidly uh, thrust into a, a strong leadership role, and I really had to learn a lot of things on my own. And uh, sometimes I was in a situation where even the mentors that I had didn't really know what to tell me to do because it, it was just it was something unique. It was just it was just different. Uh, the mentors that I had at the beginning, and maybe I, I should just clarify that they they lived in the states. Uh, because I had studied there and I, you know, I'd spent some time there and I was now up in Canada trying to do something that they knew what I was trying to do, but they didn't know how to advise me how to do that here in Canada. And so I had to learn a lot of things on my own. And what I found then as my leadership uh, skills grew, I just found that my, uh, the, the people that I was looking to for mentorship varied. Uh, I, I have found that most of the time I have two or three or four people that I'm that I'm looking to for leadership or for mentorship and at the same time and some of those people know that I'm asking them to mentor me and some of them don't so like when you talk about Eckhart Tolle okay so he he doesn't necessarily know who Chantal is but you're looking to him for mentorship and leadership and and I have people like that in my life um 
But you will also find that as you, I think because you're asking the question, I think that you are ready to vault to a new level of leadership. And that means that you have, uh, you obviously have gathered the things that you need to gather in order to understand your leadership role to this point. And now I think, I think it seems like you're going to vault to a different level. And so you're going to need uh, different inputs. And I don't think you're going to get them from one person. I really agree with this statement about uh, we have lots of elder elderly people, but we don't have elders. Uh, you know, I, I see this in the Aboriginal community where they 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 still really pay attention to their elders, and their elders are important. And I see how their their the weight of what they say is it, taken into deep consideration. It's not just pushed to the side like we see in our society. Um, you know, our sort of you know Western society, we don't really th- think about elders like that. And it, I think it really is something that we've lost. Uh, there are always people who are willing to be mentors and leaders, but because I think you're vaulting to a new uh, level of leadership, you've got to look uh, bigger and wider than mo- than maybe what you've thought before. I think if there are people, if you have someone in your life that you go, man, if if they would mentor me, if I could just ask them some questions, that would be so fantastic, but they're unreachable. I'm intimidated by them. I, I can't reach them. That's the person you need to be talking to. And you need to, to do whatever you need to do to reach them. It, if it's if it's Brene Brown or if it's uh, Eckhart Tolle or if it's, if it's any of the other people that you've talked about. Uh, because what you will find is that people that are in those kinds of positions where they're, they're sort of like there's name recognition, they're a household name or kind of everybody knows who they are. Most people are too intimidated to talk to them. And so what's happening with their their gifts of leadership and mentorship working like one-on-one with people. I'm not talking now about uh, you know material that you can disseminate to the regular population, but their gifts of mentoring and working one-on-one with people and knowing something about the person that they're teaching or leading or mentoring, those those situations become very rare for them because nobody is is bold enough to approach them and say, I really want this from you. Now, I'm not actually talking about um, some of these leaders have leadership programs that are expensive and they're charging for access. Uh, but when when that happens, that's more like teaching or training. You know, you're going to take advantage of a sort of a packaged thing that they do. This is my leadership training. You know, John Maxwell, I'm thinking of him, for instance, uh, he has all kinds of stuff on leadership and uh, and it's not cheap. And if you were, were wanting to be working in tandem with or having any kind of access to him, it's going to be expensive, but it's going to still be a program that he's created to teach leadership. So when we're talking about mentoring, we're talking about uh, a, a more of a personal connection. Uh, unless it's a distant thing, like I like like I said, I have some of those in my life where they would ne- have no idea who Ron Thiessen is, but nevertheless, they're mentoring me because I'm 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 observing them, I'm watching them, and I'm I'm listening to what they do. But if you want to have someone who can help you come to this next level of leadership, I think you're going to have to look now because of the of the level that you're at. I think you're going to have to look for somebody that intimidates you. And where you say, you know, why would they respond that way to me? I, I, 
but you need to to begin surrounding yourself with people that are at that level because that's the only way that you will be able to get there and maintain that level of leadership. So is there is that you don't have to say a name, but is there anybody that you're thinking of right now where you said, you know, I, yeah, I wished for years that I could have some connection with them and uh, and you just for whatever reason you haven't reached out. Um I mean I have many people that <laughs> I would felt yeah I mean you know Gordon Newfeld and um Gabor Mate would be mm. people that I as I was mm. parenting have always wished they were right beside me <laughs> mm-hmm. right and mm. uh, Gabor Mate is really instrumental in shifting how we view um emotion and addiction in the body so yeah i mean and i know that he has programs yeah um for for his his stuff but yeah it actually never occurred to me to just reach out to someone Mm -hmm. uh, like that just um because for me it almost feels like i think my dad had um a very good friend of his that he grew up with but was just like you know, he called him his guru. Okay. And so it's more someone to have conversation with versus mm-hmm. I'm going to work through a program like that mm-hmm. less resonates with me. But yeah, like right. having um, someone who could really challenge me that way. I mean, or Michael Singer. Sure. Like, I feel like, man, that would be pretty incredible. Um, but yeah, someone, those are pretty, to me, like, yeah, I would never have thought to reach out to those people specifically. Mm-hmm. So what I was going to say about that is that these people, when they get to that level where there's there's a certain level of recognition of th- that people know who they are, and so people become intimidated to talk to them, they end up uh, many times being in a position where they have so much wisdom and so much knowledge to share, and they don't get to share it. Because nobody is, there's no ears uh, at their feet, so to speak, because everybody's just too intimidated to to ask, uh, too intimidated to, you know, I, I was uh, speaking at a, a convention for realtors many years ago, and it was their uh, annual awards banquet. And of course, they were handing out the awards for all of the top realtors. And, uh, you know, the, the person who had done the most uh, business that year, I mean, just like, uh, you know, th- through the roof of business. And so he's kind of a household name within that uh, real estate organization. And so before I was speaking, I asked this question. I said, how do you know who is the person that that won the award this year for top realtor? Everybody raised their hands. There's like 400 people there. Everybody raised their hands. And I said, so how many of you have gone and spoken to him this last year about what made him so successful? Nobody. That so there's the point. See, the 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 person obviously has lots of things that they could share with people about tips, tricks, uh, things that you can do. What are you doing to be successful? That you know they could probably talk for a long time, but nobody's asking the question because they're too intimidated. You know, uh, they they sense that person is competition rather than feeling like uh, you know I could really learn something from this person. So I know that's not the position that you're in. I know you're looking, you're saying I, there's so much that I could learn, but you're, you, you may be hesitant to ask the caliber of person that you need to learn from right now. Mm-hmm. And so you've just got to set aside that inhibition 
Right. You know, make some connections and and don't give up because I know you're a pretty firm believer in that what you need is going to show up. Um, so, you know, whatever you need, push on some of those doors and the one that needs to open for you is the one that's going to open. And you might be amazed at how it, it comes together. They might invite you to be part of a, maybe a mastermind or something that they're that they're running, or you know, it could be it could be a lot of different ways that it might happen. But uh, I I think that's probably the level at which you need input right now. Yeah, and honestly, I don't necessarily want. It's less for me in a professional way and more of a spiritual mentorship that I'm more mm. after, I guess. Mm. Mm. Um, so, who are the most? Um, who are the most influential teachers in this area for you right now? So I think you mentioned um, Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. Michael, Michael Singer. Yeah. I mean, I gravitate to different people. Um, mm. And that's the beauty of the podcast world right now is that you can actually listen to mm. their conversation. And it's quite personal often. Okay. Right? So, okay. yeah. I mean... Honestly, I wasn't thinking about that. So um, in this moment, um, those are just the names that are coming to mind, but I'm sure there's, right. I'm sure that there's more. I, I have a little bit of a block that it's like all men. I like, it bothers me a little bit that it's all men, that the names that are coming up are all men. Um, yeah. For some reason it like, it's, it, it almost hurts my heart that I don't right away have women's names um so yeah i just want to i don't know why that is i mean i've met some really amazing women um but it has been it has felt more like a sisterhood where you're all on the same level and maybe that's just the way that women see each other not like I don't know, like it seems like for men, there's like this disconnect where we're on a different level. Whereas with women, maybe because women can be a little more vulnerable, we tend to really um, identify with mm. very similar and we're not quite separate. Right. Um, so maybe that's a good thing that I don't, you know, that the women that I, I mean, I love, there's certain women that I really revere. Like I really love Esther Perel. Um, right. I don't know if you're familiar with her, but she's yeah. an incredible relationship therapist and I, I love listening to her and yeah, that would be someone I'd certainly welcome having conversations with and on a spiritual level, like I've really connected with the energy of Mary Magdalene actually, okay. because I grew up Catholic and, and there was really no feminine in that religion, at least from the teachings that I received in the churches that I went to growing up, it was very like masculine and it just never resonated with me until I found Mary Magdalene and I started to learn about her. So I feel like I'm kind of teeter tottering between, you know, like masculine is kind of up here and then feminine, like I'm learning about in our culture, there just hasn't been as many role models on the feminine side right even though mm. there's been tons it's just that mm. they're not 
we're not exposed to them as much. And I think maybe that's where my sadness comes is that we have really lost out on that to balance things out. And so then my, I'm thinking, okay, well, here's my opportunity to go step into that. Right. So I just probably have more questions than answers. Do you think, do you think that the, the lack of women role models is because you haven't researched it or because they're not there? Because they're, you, the only way to find them is to research them. They're not there. You don't hear about, you know, and also there's a bit of a view of how women, um, you know, they have to be, they're very like passive and, and kind, but so they're not like change makers in the way, but they are, they are because mm. they hold the space. They allow you to be you right there. So it's a different energy. And also the women, the goddesses from all the cultures, um, you know, if we're talking about like Isis and, and Hathor and Kali, like they are not that they're very fierce. They're very, um, elevated in their emotion. And so in our culture, there's been a lot of like, Ooh, take a chill pill. Like, Ooh, like put them on, um, you know, barbiturates or whatever. They're a little crazy. And so I feel like there's been this huge suppression of women and how we're supposed to be like, am I supposed to be Zen like Eckhart Tolle and never get angry. That doesn't sit right with me to strive for that 24 seven because I'm also a woman. I'm also emotional. Right. Mm -hmm. So then do you go like, yeah, there's just a lack. There's a lot of women, but I haven't kind of anchored myself into anyone yet. I think. Okay. Okay. So do you think there's a possibility that they're there and you just don't know who they are? For sure. Yeah, okay. for sure. Um, and I think they're just, um, maybe I'm just looking for them to be showing up in the same way as the male figures and they're not. Mm. Have, have mm. you considered that your life is full of women? You've said that your life is full of women. There's a lot of sisterhood. Right. So maybe you're just missing that masculine energy. Maybe it's not about whether a woman is more suited as a mentor or a man is more suited. It's for you personally, Chantal, that your preference might be to balance a little of your life with some masculine energy in a, in a man. Is that possible? Mm. There you go. That's why we love her. Mm. Yeah, totally. Yep. You're totally nailing it. Mm. You're right. Because, you know, honestly, the other mm. day I had a conversation with my chiropractor and um, I felt almost moved to tears because he was actually hearing me. Mm. And yeah, so maybe that's, you're right. Like maybe I feel heard and nurtured by women, but... I feel like men are, are not hearing us as much. And when a man is actually listening and hearing you, that's what I'm missing. So, so did you feel like your dad heard you? Uh, yes. Yeah. 
so maybe that's another void in your life, you know, that you're looking to to fill as well. Uh, you know, to Janelle's point that that maybe you know that kind of masculine energy in, in, in a masculine body, you're looking to fill that thing that your dad did for you for all those years, and that's what you feel like is missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think that it's it's healthy to have a balance of both masculine and feminine energy. And because there is a lot of sisterhood associated with women in your life and women supporting each other, we're not always tapped into our masculine energy when we're in that place. You know, like it, there's, I, I feel like if we get too far in one extreme where we want to make sure there's space for women to be mentors, and now you're concerned, you said, about, about not thinking of a woman first, but you're you're forgetting that that masculine energy in a man is crucial. Like why, why else are there men and women on this planet? We need each other. Right. So there's no shame and there's nothing wrong with wanting to have a male mentorship energy in your life. Yeah. Whether it's more than one or just one male mentorship energy. I don't think that that's um, saying anything about this, the state of, you know, our society, if you crave that, I think it's healthy. Well, I have my dad as a mentor, right? So, and just like you had yours. So what, what would happen if I didn't have that male energy mentorship, there would be a big void there for me as well. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's really um, nice to talk about it out loud because, you know, you have all these thoughts going on in your head but it's really nice to just put it out on the table and um, notice where we're hold- like where I was holding shame there, mm. right? And so now that it's like to surface, I can release that. So thank you. Mm. It's really mm-hmm. powerful for me to experience that, right? Just acknowledge that A, I had the thoughts and B, that it's okay and I don't have to push away what it is that I am craving, right? So mm-hmm. thank you. Exactly. I want to highlight on something you said before that uh, you said in the in the environments that you find yourself in, you can't always be uh, vulnerable because you're in leadership. And so that maybe stymies a little bit what you're able to do. Uh, and I think that I think what you're saying is you're you're looking for that also in when you're talking about uh, having a mentor, you're you're talking about having someone that you can be completely transparent with and not worry about the the fallout. Um, but I, I'm I'm wondering if if that point, this is something that I've just uh, been learning the last year or so that the the vulnerability of uh, saying as a leader that you don't know it all or you. Uh, allow people to see the human side of you uh, is actually far more powerful than if they they perceive you as having no faults, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, I'm wondering if there's also some work that you're, because I, I'm talking to you as if I'm assuming at li- when I listen to you that you're going to a new level of leadership. Okay. So w- everything that I'm saying to you is based on that assumption. And if you think that that assumption is not correct, well, then take what I'm saying with a grain of salt. But the greater impact of leadership uh, demands greater vulnerability. I'm sure you've heard that talk by Brene Brown, you know, about the, the vulnerability. 
and that's a very powerful, you know, what she says there about about being the gladiator in the ring. And you can't be listening to the cat calls coming from the the crowd. You've got to be paying attention to those people that are in the ring with you. And that kind of vulnerability, uh, saying, you know, man, I'm I'm hurt, I'm bleeding, I'm I, you know, this is I'm not in a good place here right now. It enhances your leadership rather than detracts from it. Yeah. And I mean, for me, it's my work to not feel like I have to be responsible for how people are going to react to my vulnerability. Mm. And so, yeah, I mean, Mm. that's just going to come with practice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I know that this like shoulder pain I've had for like 10 years is that it's me holding on to this. I'm responsible for people around me's happiness, you know, and I'm, Mm. I mean, I manifested three people in my household who are generally not happy (laughs) Mm. just to show me that it's not my responsibility to make Mm. them happy. Right. And Mm -hmm. so the more Mm -hmm. I release that, actually, the more space there is for them to experience joy. So isn't, Mm. you know, I, I've, I have a lot of practice. I have a lot of opportunities to practice that. (laughs) And I do know that that is part of my work is to be more vulnerable. So Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. I also think that um, I feel here in the group of us, the two of you are leaders. I I know you as a leader, Chantal, and I know you as as a leader as well, Dad. But I think as a person who isn't really a leader. I I would look more towards leadership in other people. I think that you guys misunderstand what is expected of you as a leader. Like for example, I've heard you say before dad that you you need to have the answers. People are coming to you for answers and you need to provide them. And Chantal, I feel like that happens with you as well because we hang out in the same circles. I think that you feel some sort of responsibility because you tend to have the answers that people are then looking to you for the answers. But as you and I have discussed, Dad, your your gift seems to be to take people to a place where they can then discover those answers for themselves. And that's more right. empowering than you giving them the, the answer, right? Right. So Chantel, in your group circles that you're in, whether they're predominantly women or whatever, sometimes you might think that there is an expectation for you to have the answer. I know sometimes we joke that you're a guru or you have all the you have all the answers, but there isn't a need for you to have them. You don't have to be the wisest person in the room. Nobody expects that of you. Yeah. But I think it when the more leadership responsibilities you take and the more people you find turn to you for for guidance or for comfort or for wisdom, then you think, oh, okay, so this is a mantle that I carry now of of constant wisdom and leadership. But those very same people that you offer words of wisdom to can also offer words of wisdom and support, which is part of that whole sisterhood thing. But I would just say to both of you that that concept of leadership, and if I've misunderstood Chantel, like, let me know, but I feel like you feel a responsibility to deliver wisdom. I mean, for sure, sometimes. Um, but yeah, like it's exactly, I totally feel what you're saying. And I feel like every stage we get to, we use these 
tools to get us there. And then we have to like take it off. Right. And so I kind of feel like Mm -hmm. I'm at that, you know, you would call it death and renewal. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's like now I, I feel like I've, I've proven myself or whatever. So now I don't need to keep doing that. Like, so now that's why it feels wrong because it's no longer necessary. And I feel like I'm ready to take that off. But then you're in this transition, which is where I'm at right now, where maybe humanity is at right now, this transition of, well, if I'm not that, then what am I? Who am I if I'm not that anymore? And so I think that's the uncomfortable space that I'm in right now. Um, and, um, and I am, I'm totally noticing. Um, and so I said to my son, I was like, I don't want to just give you advice anymore, but it's a pattern and I've done it for a long time. So if you catch me doing that and you haven't asked me, like, call me out on it. And now every day, I don't think I asked for your advice, mom. When it's like, (laughs) can you put your, can you put your socks, um, in the basket, I didn't ask for your advice, mom. (laughs) And so I'm asking my family to help me (laughs) release that role, you know, Mm. a little bit, Mm. soften Mm. a little bit on the pendulum. So yeah, you totally nailed it, Janelle. So I, it's, Mm. it's, it's nice for me to come to a place where I can just, um, rest and just listen. And I don't have to give any information or feedback or anything, Um, And that's uncomfortable, but I'm working towards it being comfortable, right? Mm. So are you you saying that you are, uh, well, it sounds like you have been doing it for a little while if you said this to your son. So this is something that you're working on. um, And what does that feel like? Like, does it feel like you are uh, losing control or giving up control or... Or does it feel like, uh, well, this feels so good to be able to to release this. I have just been waiting for the opportunity to to let this thing go. I wouldn't say it's one. I would say it's all of those. Okay. I would say that the control, I would say that I. it's a process. There's times mm. where it feels really awesome to just listen and to be in that space. And then there's other times where I really want to say something and I'm holding back. And that feels really good because I know that that person can use the space to figure mm. it out on their own. And I'm right. just here as a sounding board and that feels really good. But sometimes um, sometimes I'm getting impatient and I want to just tell people what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you feel like you know what to do, right? You know what they should do. And I recognize that I'm making an assumption that I know what's best, but I don't know what's best. Actually, they know what's Mm. best and maybe they Mm. need to make a big flunder mistake. Um, And I need to allow them to do that, especially with my kids, right? I'm pulling back where I'm fixing things for them. I want them to be able to find their own way and and solve their own problems, right? So... Mm. It feels good to your ego to be able, like, well, you're amazing. You solved my problem. No, like I, it doesn't feel, it feels icky now to me to be in that mm. space. So I'm, mm. I, it's like, I want to let go of that. So mm. big time of transition, which is right. Like the caterpillar 
Like I'm in that cocoon right now and trying to spread the wings, but it's nice to recognize that it's okay that I would like someone to talk to who holds that masculine energy for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Given what you've just said about, uh, you know, trying to let go a little bit and and not feel so obligated to have the answer, um, how does it feel to you then when I'm saying to you that I think you're ready to vault to a new level of leadership? Well, yeah, like I I don't really know what that means. Um, okay. I, yeah, I don't I don't know what it means professionally or yeah, like I can see that there's potential for that, but I don't really have a vision of what that looks like yet. Does it make sense to you in the context of what we're talking about that you could be more of a leader with less control? Mm-hmm. For Does sure. that make sense? That concept makes sense to you? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think that's really all I'm saying that you're I think you are growing into a new level of leadership where you realize that maybe maybe you have thought before that being a leader is taking everybody's hand and helping them through and I think where you're going is that understanding that a leader sets the example and then other people follow you don't have to take them by the hand they either they either follow or they don't in the same way that you're looking for a mentor so that person is not necessarily looking for you but you're looking for them. And so uh, the, the, you're, you're taking the initiative to say, I, I need a, I need a hand to hold. I need somebody to talk to. I need an ear to, to, to talk to or whatever. And I, I'm, I'm on the hunt for that. And they're just living their lives, being the leaders and mentors that they are, and you will find them. And I think I just recognize in talking with you that, it, you know, it's not necessarily going to be one person. Right. Like it can, I feel very passionate that if I'm open to it, the opportunity will present itself as well in my, like the, you know, a few weeks ago when I was talking to my chiropractor about my relationship and I felt like he really listened and, Mm -hmm. and I felt very moved by that. And that really um, would have been the role of a mentor, even though he's not my mentor, he's my chiropractor. Right. Right. So, um, but yes, I think I, we tend to want things to look like it's in this container and that's what it looks like. And our world isn't like that anymore. You just want to surround yourself with people who are good at uh, things that maybe you feel like you're not good at and you want to learn about or things that you feel like you're not good at and you don't even know if you'll understand them. When you think about somebody like the president of the United States, for instance, that person is a person just like you and me. They have 24 hours in a day. And um, they, the responsibility that they carry and the decisions that they have to make, they're important decisions, but it's impossible for them to know everything they need to know in order to make that decision properly. They have to rely on other people who have the information and and they rely on multiple people for that kind of uh, information and insight. And I think that's what we're talking about here, that you just need a, a a different range of people around you that you can that you can talk to that you can look to for leadership and mentorship and i'm sure that in in the end you do need uh, at least one person that you can talk to who is at a, a a higher level than you are in leadership but that you can talk to them they will hear you they will see you and they'll and they will 
talk to you with answers with the view to improving your leadership capabilities. But not with answers because leaders think they have to provide answers and they don't. Mm -hmm. I don't think that necessarily that she'll find somebody who gives her the answers, but she'll find somebody who creates a space safe enough that she will discover the answers on her own. I think that's Mm. what we all crave, right? Just that safe space. Like you said, Chantel, you felt seen, you felt heard by your chiropractor because he created the space. He probably didn't have like deep, profound words of wisdom you'd never thought of before. He just created Mm. a space where you felt safe to kind of let it go, to admit you're, you're struggling or to admit whatever you're feeling. And then just just that release in itself, the safeness of being able to speak that way with somebody who is disconnected from your life otherwise, just it just opens up your own greater self-awareness and mm. you know personal insight, I feel like. Totally. I agree. Mm. Totally. Mm. That's what you guys have done for me today is just listen and hear me and allow for me to process. Um just what's going on. Love- and and even the fact to acknowledge that you have a void fills half the void in itself. Right? So yep. thank you so much for having me. It was a mm. pleasure. Thanks, Thanks for, for making time to be here. Yeah, we appreciate it. Join us next week for a follow-up with Chantel. I connected with her a few weeks after our initial conversation to see where she's at since we spoke. What shape is mentorship taking in her life? Did she reach out to Eckhart Tolle or Michael Singer? I think you'll be surprised where she's landed on the whole mentorship thing. See you next week. What did you think of this episode? Head over to the private Change Evolutionist community chat to join the conversation. Find the link in the show notes. We're excited to announce that you can find the Human Being Project on Wisdom, a social media app that promotes authentic connections and meaningful conversations with real people. This is great news for you because it gives you an opportunity to ask a question anonymously and get a voice reply from one of us. Just go to wisdom.app forward slash human being project forward slash ask, type your question and click send. Never miss an episode. Get notification to your inbox when a new episode is released. Download to your device or listen wherever you get your podcasts. To get notifications, go to thechangeevolutionist.com forward slash subscribe. Ron Thiessen is a practicing psychologist and educator. To apply as a guest on the podcast, please visit thechangeevolutionist.com forward slash podcast guest. <laughs>